0: Hello and welcome to episode number 49 of Play Me Tape, a show where we delve song by song into the music that means something. I'm joined today by my good friend Darren.
1: Robert Loja.
0: (laughs) And I'm Jake. Wow, that is a deep cut that you pulled that one out of a long time ago. Media from yesteryear.
1: I like me some Robert Loja supplied orange juice.
0: Was it Minute Maid? Was it a Minute Maid commercial? I,
1: I don't remember. The
0: most baffling ad campaign of all time.
1: Small boy. Robert Loja! If you don't remember who Robert Loggia is, he was the toy store company owner from the movie Big. Yeah, that's right. Among other things. A lo-
0: among many, many other roles over a yeah. long and storied career. But it should be pointed out, in Big, he was atypically playing the friendly old man yeah and he usually didn't play the friendly anything
1: yeah he was usually a mobster right
0: oh yeah or the heavy or just an angry angry man yeah he was stern (laughs) of manner
1: the heavy i like that term i like to think of myself as the heavy
0: right right you know how i have you in my phone heavy d yeah you are not darren you are heavy D (laughs) when you call me
1: sweet i like that
0: yeah it's been that way for years as long as i've had this phone
1: nice i'm not as heavy (laughs) right
0: that wasn't a
1: fat joke man yeah sure it never was no it
0: wasn't how dare you at least i've
1: been there as fathead right i'll take heavy d any day right so buddy how you doing it's been a little while
0: it has been. We're back from our lengthy hiatus, our summer months spent out of doors, and we're ready to start doing episodes again. I know you're excited. I'm pretty excited. A little excited, a little nervous, slightly lightheaded. A,
1: bit a, a lot, lot nervous. <laughs> kind of stupid. <laughs> what was the summer like? Did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah, great. It was, a, it was a good summer. I can't complain. I mean, you know, it's weird times, but I, I enjoyed the summer. And you?
1: Oh, my summer was beauty. Good. I mean, it's my fault that we had to go on hiatus, right? Because I kind of put everything on hold for the summer as I go and track my car.
0: Well, it's no one's fault. It's just life.
1: All right, it's life. Don't be so hard on yourself, man. I'm not going to take responsibility anymore then. (laughs) It was a great summer. I got to say, it was a rainy summer. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of rain. Fortunately, anytime I went to the track... It didn't rain. I got super, super lucky.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of wet weekends.
1: Yeah, it seemed like every time uh, a Friday rolled around, it would start raining, and it would stop Sunday evening. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Most of us were doing a lot of home stuff anyway. So sure, you know, I've been and kind of looking forward to getting back and and doing the podcast again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it certainly comes with some nerves and and some trepidation. We've
0: talked a few times over the course of the summer, and I don't know if you want to share it now, but you you sort of have a new direction. You've got a, an idea in mind of what you want the next few episodes to be.
1: Yeah, I spent a fair bit of time thinking about it, kind of where I wanted to go and, and what the the purpose was of the podcast or, or even just where stuff came from mm-hmm. in the first episodes in terms of picking songs. It was all random. It was yeah. just stuff that kind of yeah. came up
0: here's a song I like, I'll do this one.
1: Yeah. And so now I kind of figured why not do it kind of chronologically. Mm -hmm. And I say that because we talk about, you know, the music that matters music, I think has been a a very, very large part of both of our lives. I started to kind of think about when I first got into music, when I started to really notice it, Mm -hmm. enjoy it and pay attention to it and overplay it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, as, as we all do.
1: I sent you quite a lengthy list of kind of the, the possibilities. But yeah, starting from the time I was a very, very young kid and wanting to kind of go in the direction of, you know, start there and see where it ends up. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but every day a song kind of comes to me where I think, hmm, that would be a pretty good episode.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no shortage of amazing songs that have had impacts on you, me, anyone, everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing sometimes to sit and think about, you know, I spend a fair bit of time in a car. I got a new to me car this summer that has an amazing stereo in it. So I I find myself listening to a lot more stuff. And my car is from the, well, it's from the last decade, but close enough. It has Bluetooth. Right. And I love to bark out orders at Siri. <laughs> to to play songs for me hey siri play this play that yeah i love doing that and so i'll just be driving along and and think of a song and last night i was going to a friend's house it's a it's just under an hour drive it's so fun just sitting there picking songs and being my own dj and having siri do the dirty work so i can keep my hands on the wheel
0: Uh, it's funny we've had we've had the the portable music player in our lives you know, obviously there was the Walkman and the Discman and the Mini Disc player bef- before the iPod came along, but what a game changer it was to just have hundreds or thousands of songs. <laughs> I it just it sounds like such a stupid old man thing to say, but we were limited to maybe 110 minutes on a cassette. You know, that was the the longest cassette that you could purchase that was of any valuable level of quality. 110 minutes wow it seems like it seems like forever <laughs> and it's it's nothing it's nothing and we would listen to the same tape of the same songs in the same order over and over through headphones or in your car and just that availability of music is incredible and then forget it, setting that aside entirely then you've got streaming music which just makes so much more available to you at any given time it's incredible
1: I mean, we've talked about this before, that Spotify is an absolute game changer Yeah, in terms of going back and and listening to music. I think that's why when I I came up with the idea to kind of do it chronologically, it was easy. Mm -hmm. You know, going back and picking out all those songs and then checking to see if a lot of them are on Spotify. It's all there. Yeah, Yeah. Which is amazing. It makes it kind of simple for us and a whole lot of fun. It is really, really fun. I've always been kind of lazy in the car because I've never had Bluetooth to not change the radio station even. Just kind of leave it on one station, the classic rock station, Mm -hmm. and just kind of deal with there's the good and there's the bad. You get the the Van Halen and then you get the Coney Hatch. (laughs) what now? That gets tiresome sometimes. So
0: the hell is Coney Hatch?
1: Exactly. Wow.
0: Wow. Another deep cut. You've just pulled up <laughs> yet another very deep reference. Good job.
1: Just having access now is phenomenal. Makes this podcast possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I don't know about you, but I go through waves of really being into music and then sort of going away from it for a bit. Okay. And I have serious Radio, so I, I listen to Howard Stern a fair bit as well.
0: A little talk radio?
1: Yeah, but some days I just realize, hey, I got to start listening to music again. I've had enough of the talk. Got to crank some tunes. I don't know if it's a good thing that I got this super great stereo in my car now because I, I know my hearing's starting to go. <laughs> so maybe that's not a great thing. Yeah. No old guy stuff. We're super young, right? Totally. Totally young. Still? Yeah.
0: What is this thing called a cassette?
1: Yeah, good point. Jesus. Have you ever stumbled upon any-year-old cassettes?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I've got a shoebox.
1: But do you go and look at them, or do you do you even go so far as to try and listen to them?
0: I was just going to say I wouldn't even know how to do that, but of course I do. I know where my Walkman is. All it takes is a couple of fresh batteries, and I could easily listen to some of those cassettes. Have I been... Oh, man. Have I been tempted to do that? Honestly, not so much, because almost everything i can think of that i would want to hear i have in some other format you know what i mean there there isn't a huge drive because the cassettes that i have aren't the exclusive location that i have for the you know for the ownership of those songs but now that i think about it i've got some mixtapes that were given to me by other people and i'm like maybe i should go back and listen to those maybe there's valuable content on some of those that i don't remember that that i didn't create because i know i have some that were given to me by people and and so there's gotta be some stuff on there that's worthwhile <laughs> but again it would it would require me finding that walkman and inserting a uh, two double a batteries
1: i mean it would be nice even if you know going back to the the guy that we got the name of this podcast from the whole play me tape thing mm-hmm. that he would he would write all the names of the songs and artists yeah on yeah. the liner yeah. and that would be fun, even if, if you could find some cassettes that were done that way, because I find myself still discovering songs that I know we listened to way back when.
0: <laughs> I have a few. I have a few where I took the time to... I, I made a few, a few mixtapes for other people that never were passed along to those people. Oh, And so I took the time to write out what was on them. So I know I have a, a couple of those tapes somewhere, you know, and whatever the situation was. Was, oh, this person I should make a tape for them, and I never saw them again. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever it was. It was someone you lose touch with or something. And yeah, I was very careful to write out track listings and stuff. So yeah, that'd be funny. And I, you know, one of the things that I used to do is is mix in, you know, whatever I could find if i if I had just any weird dialogue that I could I could pull off of CDs where there was sound, like there were. Those the the Quentin Tarantino movies all had soundtracks, and they all they sampled. Yeah, the the interstitial samples that they would they would put in (laughs) uh, between the tracks of music, and it would just be dialogue from the movie itself. So you would get you know that Zed's dead baby line from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. You know that that Ezekiel.
1: Twenty five seventeen.
0: Absolutely, you'd get that stuff. And so, if I could pull something like that, in, I'd I'd stick it between the songs. And I have no idea. I always I it added flavor to, <laughs> to the mixtape for me and anyone that ended up with one of those tapes. I don't know if they would just annoy the hell out of them and they ff'd it as soon as they got to, <laughs> to that bit. I'm I'm not sure.
1: I would. I mean, I'd give anything to to listen to something like that now that yeah. you made back in the day because yeah. it would certainly be a slice of you know what you were kind of into at the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the reason i'm i'm bringing this up i was sitting at at work today listening to music and uh i got into a a spotify playlist uh just shoegaze stuff interesting yeah and a song came up that i hadn't heard in i don't know 20 years at least uh time baby time baby three by medicine by
0: medicine yeah
1: And I had forgotten about the band Medicine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people did. (laughs) Poor Medicine.
1: (laughs) But it's a great song.
0: I still have their concert shirt in my closet upstairs.
1: Wow. Yeah. It always sort of takes me back. And that song was from the Crow soundtrack. Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of versions of it. There was Time Baby 2 and then there was Time Baby 3. Yeah. And one of them was from the Crow soundtrack and one of them was from one of their albums. I don't remember which.
1: But that's what I love about that kind of stuff, going back and listening to songs I haven't heard in 20 years and it immediately taking you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think we're so fortunate to experience. If you, if you love music and you paid attention to it and you were fortunate enough to have somebody that would bring, like you were always bringing me new stuff and I'd never heard of the band Medicine before. Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're super lucky to get to experience stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even to this day. yeah, It's so cool. I'm terrible now at accepting new music. (laughs) That's not saying that there isn't, and I don't want to be the old guy in the room. This new stuff's all garbage. That's not the case. I just find every year I'm just getting more and more set in my ways as to what I listen to.
0: That's super common. And that's something that they tell us we all fall prey to, that we will all succumb to it one day. It's the scene from Breakfast Club. You know, we're doomed to become our parents in certain ways. I find that for me, a big part of it has to do with music comes in waves and a trend rolls in and then another trend rolls in to supplant the previous trend. And some of those trends are great and you can get on board with them if you hear them and you're listening to current you know, radio. And some of those trends are less interesting. And so if you turn off, then you can miss a year of new music. Just because this is the dominant style of music, I'm not into it. I guess I'm going to tune out. Yeah, and that totally happened to me. And it's it's not even necessarily an old guy thing because I, that happened to me when new metal became a thing. When new metal became heavy in the radio play, and it was Limp Bizkit and it was Corn. It just I it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my bag. And you know the alterna rock station that I, I listened to primarily went hard in the paint on that. And it just became one of those things where I thought, well, if one out of every three songs is going to be new metal, this is going to be a serious problem for me listening. And I, I switched off. And then I was exclusively on tapes or CDs. Or, you know, We're talking about new metal. We're talking about the year 2000-ish. So whatever I leaned on after that, whether it was my own stuff or whether I found other radio stations, I don't know. But I walked away from what I was listening to just because an entire trend had formed and it was not my bag. So maybe there's hope <laughs> maybe hmm. you can you can jump back on when something that I don't know the next big thing rolls around
1: yeah, maybe I, it's funny i was <laughs> i don't know well, optimistic. I, now I was sitting there, I am actually a little bit optimistic, and the reason is I was sitting there at the dinner table the other day, and we always have music on or the, i actually I don't even think it was a music channel, I think we had the news on, and they were talking about canadian artist the weekend yeah and i'm amazed i don't know why i'm amazed but i'm amazed how many of his songs i really really like
0: okay but why because one of his chief influences michael jackson
1: yeah okay
0: you know there's a lot of familiarity with his sound it's amazing i'm that is not a drag or a diss on that guy i really enjoy the weekend i thought his performance at the super bowl last year was fantastic
1: so did i but loved it you
0: know, there's a, there's a lot of familiarity because it's built on a lot of the pop that we did grow up
1: with. Yeah, true.
0: Which is, I mean, it's amazing. And that's, that's what music does, right? It folds the older stuff into the modern and it remixes and changes and, and spits it back out in a format that's more current and, you know, has, has the modern sensibility and the modern spin on it. And that's great. That's an amazing thing.
1: His most recent song, is it Blinding Lights? It's very synthy, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know me and synth—we're good friends.
0: You're good friends, you and synth, yeah.
1: It's almost synth wavy kind of stuff, yeah. And yeah. oh man, I love it. Yeah, I can't kind of sit here and say I I don't like any of the new stuff because there's some good new stuff. Yeah, it's just if if the opportunity comes up, listen to some music. As much as I like the weekend or even post Malone, I'm still putting a Rush album on. Yeah. <laughs> or a My Bloody Valentine album, or a Van Halen album.
0: It's really difficult for any new album to compete with not just the inherent quality of an old album that you have and that you love, but also the nostalgia and the memories that are associated with it. I mean, that's a really tough fight.
1: Sure is. Sorry, Weekend, you lose. (laughs) But it's not a bad thing they lose to Rush. It's uh, Canadian for a Canadian, so...
0: Right, it's a good trade-off.
1: Talking like this and about this um, is a great lead in for this week's, my song choice for this week. Awesome. Would you agree? I think so. You know, talking about nostalgia and picking up on stuff. So the song I chose and the reason I chose it is because it's, it's really the song. It's my first memory of loving a song. Really? I can say that I remember being in the crib now, I was in a crib fairly late because I was a mental case.
0: <laughs> you needed the
1: bars. So my parents had to keep me in there, but I used to sneak out all the time so I could put this eight track in. But uh, Summer in the City by The Love and Spoonful right. is my song choice. And I have vivid memories of being in the, in the living room of our house in a, not a crib, but like a playpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it was just so my mom could have two minutes of peace but I would jump out and grab the eight track of the love and spoonful and put it in the eight track player <laughs> and play it.
0: So my first question was going to be, where were you hearing this? Was this on the radio? Was this a, a, a parent or a, your brother's record? What so nope. it was an eight track tape?
1: So the old man had an eight track player.
0: <laughs> Are you going to need to explain what that format is for people that
1: might not know? Oh it? Jesus. I might. I don't know that I can't, it was a like a giant cassette tape. Yeah. It was what, maybe six, seven times the size of a, a regular cassette?
0: It was almost, not quite, and this is a, another dated reference, it was almost as big as a VHS tape.
1: Yeah, good point, yeah. Maybe like a beta. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was another old reference. Jesus. I'm dying here. I would grab this. And and my, my dad used to have one of those console stereos. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was actually, it was a piece of furniture. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He would store a bunch of records in there and it had an add-on eight track player that sat on top of it so I could access it. I'm pretty sure he used to like lock that thing up because I was like, a, I would get a hold of the record player and I would destroy the needle. <laughs> I would just scrape that thing across the vinyl (laughs) records and destroy (laughs) them. So 8-Track was a much friendlier way for me to listen to music. And I I remember grabbing that 8-Track tape and putting it in the player. As a a young kid, I I must have been three or four years old.
0: The benefit was you can't damage an 8-Track tape. They're impervious to harm.
1: Well, (laughs) I don't know that that's true.
0: You're a tiny hurricane with dirt Uh, and crumbs on it.
1: I yeah I was a I was a bit of a terror as a kid but I figured out that 8 track player and I would put that song on over and over and over all day long
0: Okay let me ask this let me ask this follow up question Sure 8 tracks there was a built-in duration limit like eight, 8 tracks could only be so long They were like records there was a defined you can't there is no more vinyl than right x number of minutes eight tracks couldn't be very long did you have the whole love and spoonful album and you were just constantly listening to the one track or was this like a, an eight track single was there such a thing holy crap you don't even remember
1: <laughs> great question i don't know uh if there was a single but i do know that i was listening to i think it was called the hums of the love and spoonful was okay. the name of the so album it
0: was a best of or some some sort of a greatest hits compilation
1: the eight track tape was white with like the album cover yeah on a sticker On the front of it. Yep. Yeah. I would just go up and hit the button again for the song. You know, it was whatever it was. There was like four buttons, right. For the eight track. Yep. And you could hit whatever button. So I would just go up and hit button three and that would replay the song again. Because <laughs> I didn't want to hear any of that other garbage.
0: We sound like Mr. Burns from the Simpsons. <laughs> button three, I would,
1: I would push button three. Revulcanize my tires and fill up my automobilia. Petroleum distillate. distillate. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it was convenient, right? I would jump out of the the playpen thing and i'd go and hit the button and then i'd jump back in in case somebody came into the room
0: (laughs) no one would be alerted by the fact that music was suddenly
1: constant are you playing that infernal song again but everybody loved the song right like it wasn't like it was a like it was barney the purple dinosaur right it was the love and spoonful the current pop hit I don't know how current it was. I think it came out in 66 and I was listening to it in 77. In Fair point. But it was close enough, right? Yeah. I can't necessarily tell you why as a kid I loved the song so much. You know, before I get into that, why don't we listen to it? Okay, sure. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Sounds great. So, hey, Jake.
0: Yes, Darren?
1: Play me tape. I am f***ing ready to go.
0: Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. Yeah. But tonight it's a different world. Go out and find a girl Come on, come on and dance all night Despite the heat, it'll be alright And late. don't you know it's a pity The days can't be like the nights In the summer, in the city In the summer, in the city Cool town, meeting in the city Dressed so fine and looking so pretty Cool cat looking for a kitty Gonna look in every corner of the city Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop Running up stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop
1: but at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, if dance all night. Just like right the heat, it, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer in the city in the summer in the city.
0: In the city, the Love and Spoonful. What was the first thing I said to you when you identified that song?
1: That I'm really handsome.
0: <laughs> Always. First thing I said to you was, yeah, good song, but I hope you're going to give us some background because I really need to know. And this is where the episode goes blue. I really need to know about the songs or about the band's name. It better not be about Ejaculate. And then I go on the Wikipedia page.
1: Sure enough. They do mention many it.
0: Many fans speculate that the band's name is a reference to Ejaculate. Oh, great. We've already got 10cc. We don't need more bands named after Ejaculate. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I really enjoy the song. Does it stand out for me in the lexicon of, uh, in the firmament of great songs that shape my life? No, no, it does not. But having said that, it's a great pop song. It's a memorable pop song and it's been around longer than I've been alive. So it's part of the background radiation of my life. Like it is for anyone that grew up in the sixties, seventies, eighties, you know, maybe even into the nineties, it's still relevant for people in that era, because even if you didn't hear it on the radio in the nineties, what was, what was a stock standard staple of the nineties? Well, it was like those time life music of the (laughs) sixties collections and those infomercials that would play for a half an hour can't tell yeah and so then you'd get well for a long time it was time life remember time Life was compiling series after series of cds when cd was at its peak and you'd get these compilations and so you'd you'd have to sit through these half hour infomercials for you know to get to the rerun of the ages enough that you were waiting for whatever and So it's, it's a song that's been around for a long time. I I don't know too much about the Love and Spoonful. I really don't. The only thing I know about them as a band is that amongst their membership, writer, guitarist, and I believe lead singer is John Sebastian. Yeah. It's really the only thing I know about them as a band. Why do I know that? What is John Sebastian's most important contribution to humankind? if you don't know, welcome back yes he's credited uh, in the opening credits as john b sebastian but it's the same dude and it's one of my all-time favorite tv themes welcome back cotter's theme song love it always did was one of the greatest opening intros to any tv show sitcom or otherwise and i defy you to turn me around on that opinion because it can't be done as far as it goes as a song It's a really interesting sort of pop song because it does something that's a little different with the verse-chorus-verse. It's a lot different. We're so used to that stock standard verse-chorus-verse format. The verse looks like X and the chorus looks like Y. Once you finish the one, it transitions into the other and it goes right back. You know, it's two very distinct parts of the song and it just vacillates back and forth between these these two you know what's with these homies dissing my girl why do they got a front <laughs> and then you get into the the chorus and ooh she looks just like buddy holly but this one is so interesting because the chorus is almost like there's a transition within the chorus and it happens in every chorus the chorus starts in one place and it ends in an in a completely separate place. And it's really, really weird. And it's really, really unusual. And I honestly can't think of too many pop songs that do this. It's almost like there's two hooks in, in every chorus. Um, And one of the only other songs that popped into my head is there's a, there's a song by Chantal Kriviasek, And I can't remember. It's in the back of my head. She structures her song in a really similar way. It's not in any way a similar song. It's not a like for like comparison, But just the way you reach what you think is a chorus, and then it opens up, and then you get a secondary chorus immediately preceding. There might be a word for this. I don't know enough about music theory to tell you. But it just, the way this whole thing works out with the chorus opening up, but at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. And then it later transitions into that Uh, and babe you know it's a pity It, it it just it's it's a completely different feel it's got a completely different sensibility to it and it just works so well you get that second hook and every chorus starts like that and transitions like that it's amazing it's a really really fun song and it's a really really interesting structure and I really enjoy it and now I'd like to hear from you as to what drew you to it and why and how and what it makes you think of
1: yeah, it's what, that's uh, what you were describing is one of the reasons why it's such a neat song. It's not the typical verse-chorus-verse. And uh, just the way it starts, kind of starts with the chorus. It's funny because when I picked the song, knowing full well that I you know, loved it as a, a very, very little kid, and I really tried to rack my brain, and I'm, I'm handicapped by a horrible memory. So it's even amazing to me that I have memories of this song. And well, being, you have memories
0: apparently from the crib and from the playpen, which yeah. a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I can see it in my head, you know, standing in the playpen, looking at that, you know, the the stereo that was a piece of furniture and where the eight track player was and and all that stuff. And just thinking the part of the song where it kind of goes quiet and you hear the, The car horn and the jackhammer, and Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like a city street. Mm -hmm. And then that it's like an electric piano comes in Mm -hmm. and it's sort of bouncy. That lit me up every time as a kid. Yeah. And it still kind of does. You know, every time I hear it, I'm kind of waiting for that part. And I think it's a, a really unique part in the song. I'd almost equate it to the drop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: If, I know, yeah, that, I know that seems a bit crazy, but, yeah. but that's kind of what it is for me. Yeah. I know as a young kid, it evoked happiness. It was just so fun. Here's this song. What is this? You know, why is this bringing me such joy? Why do I need to listen to it 40 times in a row? And a lot of it has to do with that electric piano sound mm-hmm. and the sound of the city streets. I mean, dude, I didn't know what the hell they were singing about.
0: Right.
1: Right. I'm sure if I if I could go back into my brain and remember, you know, everything that was going on at the time, I probably had the lyrics completely screwed up. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think your ratio was like as a child? For getting lyrics right
1: (laughs) oh not great Ooh, we i was horrible at at trying to pick lyrics out but i also don't think i cared i think it was more about the actual instruments that were being played and the sounds that were being made yeah than anything else and it was a catchy song
0: i remember finding it distinctly difficult to try and understand what was being said in a lot of the music that was popular at the time. And I don't think it was the music and I don't think it was the quality of the radio that I was listening. in. I I just think I was, I don't know, maybe that's something that's part of youth, (laughs) but I, I can't tell you the trouble I had and the mistakes that I made in terms of thinking the lyrics were X when they were actually Y. We've used that term before. It's called a Mondegreen.
1: Every night I'm ashamed.
0: Oh my, yeah, geez. Thank you, the cult.
1: <laughs> so, and the, the other part of the song was it It was like, it was a quick song. I think the song is like two minutes and 40 seconds long.
0: Yeah, it's brief. Yeah. It gets in, it gets out, it does all the work that it needs to, and it doesn't leave me.
1: It just made me really happy. And that's the, that's the overwhelming feeling that I have when I think back to that song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not because I was in love with the band or anything like that. It was just, it's amazing. It would, it would be really neat to try and understand why certain songs and certain sounds connect. Because I honestly, I can't explain it. Question. I just know that I loved it. Yeah.
0: Whose tape was it? Mother's, father's,
1: brother's. It was the old man.
0: Okay. Was there a lot of music that was listened to?
1: Was there a lot of music played in the home? Oh, God, yeah. Like,
0: were there times when they'd choose rather than to turn the TV on that they'd turn the the stereo on and they'd listen rather than watch?
1: Absolutely. Oh, my God. We we used to go in the basement and the old man would put records on. And we'd just sit there and, you know, he'd tap his toe and tell us to shut the hell up. (laughs) So,
0: So this wasn't a throwback, something that was collecting dust until you discovered it. This is something that everyone enjoyed
1: oh god yeah
0: do you think that added to the experience do you think that made it more appealing to you
1: no i think (laughs) i honestly think i just heard the song and went what the hell was that i love it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i hate that you love this i hate it
1: (laughs) it's not that
0: you shake a tiny fist
1: i think it's one of the things that that i do have good memories of is the music that was being played in the house. Yeah. And I know it's a thing. I, I don't remember what it's called. It still happens to me to this day that memories are attached to songs. Of course. And when you hear a song, it takes you to a time and place. And And I'll be honest, I dude, my memory's garbage. Like it is atrocious yet. I can remember certain things because there's a song attached to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't have too many other memories as a kid. I have a few, but so many of them have a song that goes with them. And this is a big one.
0: Okay. I got another question. Sure. Can you think of any other songs by the Love and Spoonful? Were there other songs on the album that appealed to you? Do you like them as a band or was it just that song? It was just that song. Okay. Could you name any other songs? I mean, I know you've done a little bit of research for this episode, but could you, before going into this, could you have said, oh, why they also perform this song and that song? Like, are there other songs you can name?
1: Do You Believe in Magic was the only one. Right, okay. And that wasn't something that I remembered. That was something that when I saw the name of it, I went, oh, Oh, yeah, okay. I remember listening to that. Yeah. There, There is other songs that were popular, Daydream, and Mm -hmm. Did You Ever Have to Make Up Your Mind? right
0: Jesus.
1: yeah but i didn't remember those songs up to this point i had never looked into them i'd never paid any attention to them i i didn't mm-hmm. much care to be honest with you i liked the song and that was it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know john sebastian who we talked about the other founding member of the band was a canadian okay zal yanofsky I, I, I love his i work. think i think he was from kingston come on that's pretty cool
0: that is cool yeah did he do anything else?
1: Did you yeah, he opened, he opened a restaurant in Kingston.
0: Get out. Yeah. Do we need to go? What's it called?
1: Oh, it's long since closed. I think a family member still owns it at this point. Uh, I think it was called Miss Piggy's or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> some some weird name. No, seriously. But he's since passed. I think he, he died in like 02, Okay. Not long after the band was actually inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, wow. So he was alive to see his band being inducted. Yeah. Well, that's good, at least. It is.
1: The other two members, uh, Cass Elliott and Danny Doherty, Mm -hmm. actually formed half of the Mamas and the Papas. Of course.
0: Yeah, Mama Cass. Danny Doherty wasn't also Canadian?
1: Great question. I don't know.
0: I think he was. I think he was from the Peg.
1: He absolutely was. You're 100% right. He was actually born he was actually born in Halifax. Okay. There's a cool Canadian connection with the band. Yeah, they were a bunch of hippies hanging out in Greenwich Village. <laughs> Which must have been a great scene. Yeah. The free love and the drugs. I would have been right up my alley. I swear <laughs> to God, I would have loved it. You know, imagine just hanging around and hey man, you want to get a van going? Like, how many times did we say that to each other and never did a thing about it?
0: Do you really think you could have lived as a hippie? Do you really think you could have done it? Me? Yeah.
1: Dude, I live as a hippie, You're don't I?
0: Walking barefoot in junk all over?
1: Hell yeah. I, I have pretty soft feet, so maybe that wouldn't <laughs> go so well. But
0: you have to build up some callus.
1: Did you know that the show The Monkeys was originally supposed to be based around The Love and Spoonful?
0: I did not know that. Isn't that cool? That is cool. What changed? Did they break up before the show came together?
1: I think it was something to do with publishing rights. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say, I bet there was a ton of licensing that got in the way. Yeah. There was, you know, network executives that wanted the band to be 100% under their control, which is what the monkeys ended up being. The monkeys had to lobby for years to get the allowance to write and slash or produce some tiny amount of their own material. Like it was a long, hard fight for them to, To say, you know, we're musicians, actual musicians. Like we could do some of the work of the music. We'd like to do this. Would you let us do this? And the the door was closed in in their faces at every opportunity by by the management of that show. Speaking of licensing, (laughs) this is mostly for, this anecdote is mostly for my sister. Did you ever have to make up your mind? What is the pop culture relevance for people of our generation? Can you think of any pop culture relevance that the song, did you ever have to make up your mind? had for people of our age group
1: there's something faint in yeah. my brain but yeah, i it's can't
0: tickling the back of your brain i don't know yeah. if you saw the show at this time or if you remember the episode there was a very popular show on television it was a phenomenon of its era called beverly hills 90210 It was a teen soap opera you remember it of course the storyline in which roguish handsome bad boy dylan has to choose between brenda and kelly her name was kelly <laughs> when they presented the character with both love interests at the same time and then the two girls who were in competition said it's up to you you have to choose what does he do he retreats to the diner the peach pit and goes to the jukebox and puts that song on. <laughs> and he listens to it over and over to the point where the proprietor Nat, you know, sort of shakes a fist at him and says you got to do something. You either got to make up your mind or you got to run away or whatever, but you got to stop playing that song. <laughs> Here's the fun part, licensing. Ooh, now that 90210 is available on DVD, it's been for years obviously. That show had a lot of music, and this is a yeah. huge problem with a lot of shows of the era and before like WKRP in Cincinnati, for example, yeah. where music was integral and there was nobody around who thought long-term about the rights of these songs. You know, The rights were either ignored in terms of the media that might follow, the home media, or things just expired after a certain amount of time. So this is a pivotal scene in the show. Did you ever have to make up your mind? He's got to make up his mind between these two girls. It's a song that fits perfectly. It's annoying, but it fits <laughs> perfectly. So when you buy the DVD and you come to that episode in the series, they had to plug in a generic rock song.
1: Come on. It's not
0: even that song anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, crazy. I don't remember that, but no, amazing. I you. love it. That's a great story. You're
0: not haunted by teen dramas <laughs> from yesteryear no, like I am.
1: Not so much. I love the show The Monkees. It was before my time but it was in reruns for years so i think i've seen every episode have you seen the movie i have not
0: the movie is called head
1: oh yes i've heard of it but yeah. i've not seen it
0: yeah produced by jack nicholson and
1: if i see anything with that name on it i run screaming Jesus.
0: <laughs> memories of being teased about your yeah giant head fat head your walk and candy apple
1: hey did you know So the Love and Spoonful, uh, they did release a single of the song, Mm -hmm. Summer in the City. The B-side of it was actually a song called Butchie's Tune. Okay. No big deal, right? You don't know it. I don't know it. But it was actually in a movie and it was covered by Herbie Hancock. What? Yeah. So look that up. Look up Herbie Hancock, Butchie's Tune. That's actually a Love and Spoonful song wow it's kind of neat it's almost like a a six degrees of separation with these guys because there is all kinds of crazy stuff did you know john sebastian performed solo at woodstock yeah of course i didn't know that yeah i had no idea
0: yeah honestly it's the only other bit other than welcome back cotter it's the only other bit of trivia i know about him
1: yeah i was super surprised by that and just so you know we talked about this Earlier, the the restaurant in Kingston. Yeah. It's called Shea Piggy. (laughs) It's still open and it's being run by his daughter. Oh my God. So we have to go.
0: I think we have to go.
1: Yeah, I do too. Probably has nothing to do with the Love and Spoonful. Nothing. Why wouldn't they have called it the Love and Spoonful? Excellent question. Is that because of the Ejaculate reference? (laughs)
0: Oh my God, man. We're back to Ejaculate. <laughs> uh, maybe he wanted the restaurant to stand on its own merits as a restaurant and not cash yeah, in okay. on the, the band name I, uh, I'm just pulling things out of my butt maybe he bought it from someone and that was the name and he simply took it over who knows oh there's that too yeah who knows yeah, maybe
1: yep yeah. Yanofsky, restaurateur and singer actually I think he was the guitarist my bad yeah, interesting stuff. Neat band, you know, a neat time in music. Mm-hmm. Like we said, the, the a lot hippies. Bands, and a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot of on.
0: notable music. Yeah. And there are a lot of us that grew up in the late 70s and the 80s and the 90s that wish Rolling Stone would just get over it already. <laughs> because we, we heard about the 60s a lot in the 90s and in the late 80s. Who did we hear about the 60s?
1: Hey, speaking of Rolling Stone, the song is ranked 401 on the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time.
0: Nice. Made the list. Good.
1: Not bad, right? Not bad. I think it's deserving. Yeah. So a
0: question I haven't asked in a long time. How does it hold up? Because this is a song that's plucked from way back when. This is a song that goes way back into your memory. And you're choosing it because it's one of the earliest songs. When you listen to it now, does it hold up? How does it hold up?
1: I choo-choo-choose chew, chew, it. It holds up great. Yeah. I listened to it a ton. When I came up with the idea to, to do it as a song, I listened to it over and over. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. I kind of I kind of wanted to recreate, you know, what I was doing <laughs> as a kid. Of- and you know what? I, I still, I love it. Yeah. It's a great song.
0: Isn't an, an infinity song for you a song that just it seems to be endless? Do you, do you tire of it eventually?
1: No. I don't think so. I don't know that I ever will. Yeah, It's a great song, and I really think it deserves to be considered one of the greats. That's all I have to say about that.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. All right.
1: So let's wrap it up.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us this time in our new season. If you like what you hear, please consider following us. And tell your friends. Until next time, -hmm. keep listening
1: to the music that means something and communication